Welcome to Coming Home with Julian Awad, where we discuss salvation through Jesus Christ, a production of Coming Home Ministries. I want to start today with a reminder of who the risen Lord is, what he is like, and why I fear the Lord. And there's no better place to look than in the book of Revelation. I'm going to start in Revelation chapter 1, verse 13. And standing in the middle of the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. This is John talking, by the way. He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were like polished bronze refined in a furnace, and his voice thundered like mighty ocean waves. He held seven stars in his right hand, and a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth. And his face was like the sun in all its brilliance. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. But he laid his right hand on me and said, Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died But look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and the grave. Amen. Lord Jesus, we come to you tonight with an opportunity just to learn more about you. I ask Jesus that you would remind us all who you are in all of your risen glory. Remind us today the calling that you have on our life for righteousness. And I pray, God, that all of us would remember that it's your righteousness and not our own, but that there is a calling to walk in that righteousness. Lord, help them to hear you and not me. Hide me behind your cross. Come, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want everyone to keep in mind, that's the Lord, the risen Lord, what he looks like. And even John, who walked with him as a young man, when he saw Jesus in his risen form, in his glorious form, his resurrected form, fell at his feet as if he were dead. That's the fear of God. Hebrew 10 reminds us that how much severe punishment do you think he will deserve who trampled underfoot the Son of God and has regarded as unclean the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has insulted the spirit of grace. It is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Amen. And with that, I want to remember. So God is calling us to righteousness. He mentions it over 500 times in the Bible. It's important to him, righteousness. His kingdom actually is built on righteousness. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. That's Hebrews 1.8. So there's glory and authority in righteousness, but there's also a blessing in it. There is a closeness and an intimacy with our Father as we walk in righteousness. Remember, Jesus is righteous. And it's his righteousness that he got from the Father. And Jesus is our righteousness given to us for our salvation as a free gift. In Philippians 3.9 it says, And be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, 
the righteousness which is from God by faith. And a glorious Messiah we truly have. You know, when we truly see him and are drawn to him, we are called to be like God. He is our God. And we will follow him. And we will follow his example each day, step by step. Amen. So again, I say to you, Christian, you are called to the righteousness of Christ. To the purity and the clarity of the imbued stance and existence we have inherited by the washing and rejuvenation of the blood of Jesus Christ. In Proverbs, it says to do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. And if you remember in Matthew, it says, Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does teach them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless the righteousness, your righteousness, exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. God's... God's focused on righteousness. And I love this in Matthew 5, 6, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. It's a, such an important rem- to remember that God loves when we come to him and ask him for things of heaven, when we ask him to build our character, when we ask him for the things that belong to God, he wants to pour out that blessing on us. Even in Isaiah, he says, Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, in Isaiah 48, The Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way you should go. Oh, that you had heeded my commandments. Then your peace would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of a sea. Like waves in a sea. I love that. You know, waves, waves that come over and over and they crash with that feeling of satisfaction each time they hit and rumble. Yet with it, right behind it is another. And our calling is to acts of holiness and righteousness like the waves of the sea over and over. What a beautiful and honorable calling it is. Praise the Lord. So what is righteousness? Well, let's go to the Greek. D-I-K-A-Y-O-S. That's the word that's interpreted for righteousness, dikaios. And it means observing divine laws, or in a wide sense, keeping the commands of God. Innocent, faultless, guiltless. And did you know that we are not only called to righteousness, we're called to practice righteousness and walk in righteousness. If you look at 1 John chapter 2, it says, If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him, being God. So it's a sign that you have been born again and God's spirit is in you when you are practicing righteousness. In 1 John chapter 3, it says, it's a sign, and it says here, in this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. So the lack of practicing righteousness actually shows that you're not of God and that you're the child of a devil. As you can see how important it is that God calls us to practice righteousness. 
In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, it says, Flee also useful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So it's an active choice, something to do daily with a pure heart for your master. And finally, in Revelation chapter 19, it says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. This is the bride of Christ, the church. And to her, it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Revelation 19, 7 and 8. So think about that for a moment. We're called to practice righteousness. And it's a sign that you've been born again. And those that don't, it's a sign that you're not of God. And we're told to flee our youthful lusts and to pursue righteousness. And more importantly, those acts of righteousness, those righteous acts of the saints of God, actually are the fine linen that the bride is wrapped in is dressed in, is arrayed in, both clean and bright, to prepare herself for the marriage to the Lord. I love that. Your acts of righteousness are threads that make the fine linen of the bride's wedding dress. What a beautiful image that it is. So make a decision to practice it daily. Devote your body, as it says in Romans 6, as an instrument of righteousness to God. But I would say... Go one step further. Become a slave to righteousness. That's what it says in Romans 6, verse 18. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Wow, what a glorious thing. To a place there. It's not just because you have to. It's because you want to. You've become a bondservant to righteousness, because it's the essence of God. It's the foundation of the kingdom of heaven. It's by a scepter of righteousness that God rules heaven. And so because of that, you set your mind singularly and focused on being a slave to righteousness, which is our Lord. So the question is maybe, you know, how do we get righteousness and how do we learn righteousness so that we can practice it? Well, my answer Scripture, scripture, and more scripture. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. That's 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. It's so important to dig into scripture on a regular basis and to ask the Lord to give us that inspiration and to instruct us in righteousness for reproof, for correction, of the things that we're doing, that the Lord can pare away the things that are not of him and show us and direct us that our steps may follow his in righteousness. And you know, as you seek, the Holy Spirit will guide you. In Matthew chapter 6, it says in verse 31 through 33, for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. So he'll guide you, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he'll take care of everything that you need and guide you along the way. You know, the Holy Spirit will also grow you in your righteousness as you make a practice of seeking righteousness. 
It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10, Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Think about that. He's the one who provides the seed. He's the one who provides the bread for us to eat. He's the one who provides the supply. And he's the one who multiplies the seed. And he will bring the increase in the fruits of our righteousness. He will bring that outcome that we're looking for. And you know what? All you have to do is actually ask. I love this verse. A good friend of mine, Joe, he loves to say this verse. John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Praise the Lord. That is a promise to root yourself in, a foundation for your life. That if you abide in the Lord and keep his word inside of you, scripture, 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 and more and more scripture, keep it inside of you. Allow it to correct you. Allow it to instruct you. Ask whatever you wish. And the Lord says, it will be done for you. So just ask. Ask for help with your righteousness and decisions on how to practice righteousness. Blessing and glory and reward. That's what the Lord has. He's going to reward us with his presence. And it's coming your way. When we choose to practice righteousness, he can't help but pouring out his spirit. He can't help but pour out his presence and to reward us, to be close to us. God knows that it takes effort, work, practice, and a decision on a regular basis. And he is going to bring heavenly blessings to those that walk this way. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for right. What? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Look at the promises of blessings in Proverbs chapter 10. Blessings are on the head of the righteous. The memory of the righteous is blessed. The mouth of the righteous is a well of life, but the righteous has an everlasting foundation. Praise the Lord. Get excited. There's so much to God. God makes promises for those that want to walk in his righteousness. Blessings abound. Blessings on your head. Blessings on your memory. Blessings on your mouth. Blessings on the words that you speak. Blessings on your foundation. That it might be sure and give you the confidence to walk inside of him. Oh, praise the Lord. The hope of Jesus Christ. That we might have the character and the confidence to hope in him. Day in and day out. Be ready at any point. As you come in fulfillment of time and as we see the Christ calling for his bride, as we see our Lord coming back to get us in his second coming, as he comes with the angels on the clouds to rid this world of his enemies and to gather together the faithful, to gather together those that are his, to gather together the remnant, to gather together his bride Get ready to point to the part of the wedding dress and see the threads from your life that help to beautify that wedding dress of the bride. Imagine that, to be able to look at that dress 
in those fine linens and see those acts of righteousness, compelled and empowered by the Holy Spirit that you did in your life. See how they beautify the bride of Christ and get ready to shine. You know, but it's, it's not just the blessings that you receive either. It's not just what we focus on for ourselves. The effects of our actions are in others as well. When we make these choices, it's not just our walk and it's not just our reward, but it has an effect on other people. As we choose righteousness, it affects our family, our spouse, our parents, our children. As they see their parent begin to model righteousness in their own life, they begin to see the blessing of God for those choices. As they see the Holy Spirit begin to bring that blessing upon the heads of those that walk in the glory of God. Hallelujah. But those works of righteousness that we do for others, especially, they bring peace. Isaiah chapter 32, verse 17 says, The work of the righteous will be peace and the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. Those acts of righteousness that we do, for others especially, they bring hope. They stir the hearts of those that needed hope, that needed to be uplifted. And those that are lost, those acts of righteousness shine bright as day. They put a light on the darkness that's in their life. It's the candle that we refuse to cover that it might shine and attract those that are lost to the light. So rise up, saints. There is a crown ready for you. Lay into that foundation with regular and consistent acts of righteousness, like those waves in the ocean. Let them be over and over and over. Build into that crown the glory of heaven that the glory of heaven has for you. Let your life be a body of work of holy actions empowered by the Holy Spirit that you may declare, as our brother Paul said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that date. And not only for me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Hallelujah. Second Timothy chapter four. Dig in. I love that verse. Go check it out. Read it. Memorize it. There is, for those that loved his appearing, there is a crown of righteousness waiting. Do you love the Lord? Is it everything for you? Is he truly your Lord? Is he your master? Ask the Holy Spirit to empower you to give you a chance each day for an act of righteousness, to walk every single day, a habitual practice, and let him grow you. Let him grow the fruits of your righteousness that you develop inside of Christ. And remember that his righteousness will shine. It's the Son of Man that will send forth his angels And they will gather out of his kingdom all stumbling blocks and those who commit lawlessness and will throw them into the furnace of fire. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. 
And then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. Praise the Lord. So, I want you to know that the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. It is not social media. It is not the work that you do day in and day out. But it is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So stand up, soldier. Stand up, believer. Stand up, Christian. For you are a citizen of the kingdom of God. And put on your breastplate of righteousness. And awake to the righteousness and do not sin. Unlike those who don't have a knowledge of God, you do. Awake to the righteousness of the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of you. And choose not to sin today. In every temptation, call out to the Holy Spirit for help. Praise the Lord. Deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. And live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. Christian, you have been called to more. I want you to come and join me. Let's pursue a walk of righteousness with our Savior, the glorified Lamb, and Lord Jesus Christ. Let's do it together. Do you see him? He has a gold sash across his chest. His head and his hair are as white as snow. That's our Lord. His eyes are like flames of fire. That's the risen Jesus Christ. His feet are like polished bronze hot from the furnace. And his voice thunders like a mighty ocean wave. He holds stars in his hands and a sharp two-edged sword that comes out of his mouth like the spirit of God when he speaks his words. And his face shines like the sun in all of its brilliance. Our Lord holds the keys to death and to Hades. He has conquered the grave. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, believer. He is alive. Come and serve him. If you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus as your Lord and Savior from all of the sin in your life, do it today. And if you want to start serving Jesus and you've never done that before, hear this message. The gospel says that no one is righteous, not even one. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we have to admit that we are sinners and that you're in need of a Savior. Every single one of us. God is calling all men and all women to repentance. And that means not only asking forgiveness for your past sins and the sins to come, but you turn and you go the other way. You choose righteousness. The righteousness that comes from Jesus Christ. For the wages of your sins is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And that eternal life is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. But praise God. God demonstrated his own love for us that even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You don't have to clean yourself up. You go to him as the sinner that you are. Declare him Lord and Savior over your life. Repent from your sins. He wants you just, just as you are just the way you are. 
Turn your back on sin and call out on Jesus tonight. And let him save you and trust in him for salvation. Romans chapter 10 says, If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord, your master, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So just call out to God today in your heart. And if you don't know what to say and you want to follow the Lord, you can say this prayer and repeat it after me. God, I know that I'm a sinner and that the wages of sin is death. I believe that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, as a payment for my punishment. I declare that Jesus is my Lord and I profess my faith for salvation through the death and resurrection of Jesus. Thank you for your grace forgiveness, peace, and gift of eternal life. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, your next step is to dig into the Word of God. Get a physical Bible and download the Bible app on your phone. Read it every day without excuse. Look for a Bible-focused church to get connected with other believers that will help you grow in the Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Just fill my heart with your love. Help me share it with my brothers Help me show them you're the one And beside you there's no other Production of Coming Home Ministries. For more information or to reach us, go to cominghomeministries.net.